Welcome to the GDPR Weekly Show, one of the top five GDPR podcasts worldwide. Here is what's coming up in this week's episode. Welcome to episode 153 of the GDPR Weekly Show. Before we tell you what's coming up in this week's episode of the show, we would like to extend our sincere sympathies to all of our listeners in Western Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg and the southern part of the Netherlands, where we know you've all been affected by this dreadful weather this week and the flooding that's resulted from that. And so we sincerely hope that none of you have lost any loved ones, although we do understand that there are a large number of people still unaccounted for, and we hope that the devastation to your homes is not too drastic and that hopefully you'll be able to return to your home very soon. So coming up in this week's episode, we have... News for all companies who pay corporation tax here in the UK that you may be able to get some of your corporation tax back because of GDPR. So do have a listen to our first article where we explain a bit more about that. Following that, we have news that the ICO here in the UK is investigating Mac Hancock's CCTV data breach. We then have news of a data breach at Spreadshirt.net. And then staying in the UK, we go to Norfolk where there is a data breach at a North Norfolk care home. And then we travel across to North Wales, where five secondary schools have suffered a data breach. We then have news from across England that unauthorised staff can see GPs' pension details. And then we have a ruling from the European Data Protection Board, the EDPB, that's instructed the Irish Data Protection Commission, the Irish DPC, to take action to investigate the data storage and data transfer processing and data sharing between Facebook and WhatsApp. We then travel to the US where we have news of a data breach at Mint Mobile. And remaining in the US, we travel to New York where action is continuing in the legal case against Canon following a data breach. We then have news of a data breach at fashion retailer Guess. And then staying in the US, we travel to Wisconsin where there's been a data breach at Forefront Dermatology. So as always, a mixed bag of articles for you in the GDPR Week to show you this week. We hope you find the articles useful and informative. We always welcome your feedback, so if you have any feedback for us, please do email us at feedback at gdprweeklyshow.com. We do read every single piece of feedback we receive, and wherever possible, we incorporate your suggestions for improvements into the show. But unfortunately, due to the volume of feedback we receive, it's not always possible for us to respond to each piece of feedback individually. Want to ask GDPR questions live? Come and join our GDPR surgery on Clubhouse, Thursday, 4pm UK time. And we begin this week with exciting news for companies in the UK and the costs of GDPR. Because a ruling by the HMRC Tribunal this week means that companies that pay corporation tax can now make a 4% of turnover provision to cover their potential maximum GDPR liability should they have a GDPR breach. And even better is that the HMRC has allowed you to recover this money from rebates of your corporation tax paid in the 2018-19, 2019-20 and 2020-21 tax years. So as a worked example, let's suppose you have a company which has a turnover of a million pounds a year. Therefore, then it really means that with the 4% provision, you can make a provision in your accounts of £40,000. Now, to keep it simple, let's assume that this company paid £10,000 of corporation tax in 2018-19, £20,000 of corporation tax in 2019-20, and £5,000 in corporation tax in 2021 due to the COVID downturn. 
So in total, they've paid £35,000 in corporation tax. As this is less than their GDPR provision of 40000 they can claim repayment of the full 35000 from HMRC. Now, obviously, there's some work to do in this, and we've got a package together now to enable us to help you retrain that money from the HMRC. So if that applies to you, if you're a company in the UK, you're paying corporation tax, and you'd like to recover some or all of that money from HMRC, to cover your GDPR liabilities or potential liabilities, you can actually spend the money on whatever you want, but of course we'd recommend you keep it in the reserve for GDPR, then please do contact us using the details that are coming up right now. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com Investigators have seized computers after searches at two homes over the leaking of CCTV footage of Matt Hancock kissing an aide in his office. The images, which were published by the Sun newspaper last month, led to Mr Hancock resigning as House Secretary after he admitted breaking social distancing rules. The ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office, has said that raids were carried out as it was investigating an alleged data breach. Mr Hancock, who is married with three children, resigned on the 27th of June after the images of him kissing his longtime friend and former aide, Gina Colada D'Angelo, were published two days earlier. His relationship with the married mother of three is understood to be serious, with Mr Hancock having ended his own 15-year marriage. The ICO announced on Thursday that it had set up an inquiry into how the images had leaked. It said the Department of Health and Social Care and the security and property management firm NPTOR had submitted a complaint alleging the CCTV steals had been taken without permission. Officers subsequently searched two homes in southern England on Thursday, seizing personal computer equipment and electronic devices. Steve Eckersley, the ICO's Director of Investigation, said it's vital that all people, which includes the employees of government departments and members of the public who interact with them, have trust and confidence in the protection of their personal data. In these circumstances, the ICO aims to react swiftly and effectively to investigate where there is a risk that other people may have unlawfully obtained personal data. We have an ongoing investigation and will not be commenting further until it's concluded. After the pictures were published, concerns were raised over security within government buildings. Justice Secretary Robert Buckland said he had asked for his own office to be swept for unauthorised devices, telling Sky News that this was to prevent any chance of a national security breach. A Department of House and Social Care spokesman said, We take the security of our personnel, systems and estate extremely seriously, and the department will continue to engage and to operate with the Information Commissioner's Office while they assess the information provided. We expect that this investigation will take some time, but as soon as there is any update from the ICO or from the Department of House and Social Care, we will of course bring it to you in the next available episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Popular white-label clothing site Spreadshirt.net was hit by a data breach this week. In a statement on their website, they said, We'd like to provide an update on the IT security incident we informed you about last week. We now know that unidentified perpetrators used considerably vicious criminal intent to hack into our servers and to access data saved there, and they possess the ability to publish this information. This includes information belonging to our partners. The data affected include address information, password hashes saved before 2014, and bank account details and or PayPal addresses. We recommend that you change your PayPal password and any passwords that you have for accounts with us. Data security is the highest priority for us and we deeply regret that personal data has been accessed as a result of this cyber attack. We are currently working closely with external cyber security experts to ensure that this kind of incident cannot happen again 
and we have informed the relevant authorities. If you have any questions, please contact our service team e- by email at support at spreadshirt.net. Thank you for your understanding. If we receive any update on this from Spreadshirt or indeed from the ICO, then we will bring it to you in the next available episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. To Norfolk now, and dozens of confidential patient metals, staff notes and sensitive files have been found in a derelict, unsecure Norfolk care home in what has been branded a serious data protection breach. Pine Heath Nursing Home in High Telling near Holt in North Norfolk was placed in special measures after being rated inadequate in a damning report by the CQC and closed suddenly in May 2017. Since then, the home has been left to decay with abandoned beds, furniture, incontinence products and wheelchairs dotted around the site. And although there are security signs which promote 24-hour security dog patrols and more, there's no evidence that any such measures are in place. After receiving concerns from a member of the public, a reporter from the Eastern Daily Press was easily able to walk into the site and into the building through an open door where they found piles of discarded sensitive material including private patient records. In one room were boxes of nursing records dating back more than a decade alongside care plans with photographs of former residents stuck on the front. Now this is very reminiscent of another data breach at an abandoned care home at Westbury House near Eastmere in Hampshire. Uh, which happened a couple of years ago, and exactly the same situation occurred, that the home was closed, and medical records and other records were just left abandoned within the empty building. Since the data breach in this case have come to light, Norfolk County Council's data protection team have moved to secure the paperwork. A spokesperson for Norfolk County Council said, everyone has a right to expect their personal information to be stored securely, and the failure of the former care provider at Pine Heath to do so is a serious breach of both data protection legislation and their contractual obligations to Norfolk County Council. As Pine House is no longer operating and to ensure the personal information was secured, Norfolk County Council has taken steps to secure the files to ensure that individuals' personal data is no longer at risk. The matter has been reported to the ICO to allow them to investigate further and we will cooperate with them as required to resolve this matter. Duncan Baker, the MP for North Norfolk, said the situation at Pineheath amounted to a serious breach of data records and would be something he would be following up. An ICO spokesperson said all organisations have the obligation to keep personal data secure, whether in electronic or paper format, particularly when sensitive personal data such as medical information is involved. Want to ask GDPR questions live? Come and join our GDPR surgery on Clubhouse, Thursday, 4pm UK time. To North Wales now, and all five secondary schools on the island of Anglesey have been hit by a cyber attack. The council said the attack began on the last Wednesday in June 2021. Officials said affected systems have been disabled to contain the incident, but warned that some personal data could have been compromised, including emails. The authority's chief executive, Anne Wen Morgan, said schools were likely to see disruption. Ms Morgan said, We've moved quickly to bring in a team of specialised cyber technology consultants to investigate. The National Cyber Security Centre will also be providing us with support to resolve matters. There is likely to be some disruption at the schools over the coming weeks as systems may need to be restored and others may need to remain offline. She added, We are working closely with other partners to support our secondary schools. Although we're not currently able to confirm there's been a data breach, the Information Commissioner's Office has also been made aware of the incident. If we receive any update on this from the ICO or from the schools involved, we will, of course, bring it to you in a future episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com. Remain in the UK, and some GPs have found that they were mistakenly given access to other people's sensitive pensions information after logging into their own account on PCSE's new online portal. 
GP survival chair, Dr John Hughes, told Pulse magazine that the organisation heard from three or four GPs last week who were stunned to find they could access the pension information of colleagues after signing into their own PCSE pension account. When the GPs look at their accounts, the system would bring up a list of lots of other people plus their pension numbers, which together with their names could be used to then go and access someone else's complete pension payment details, he said. This is the latest issue with the new pay and pensions portal after it merged earlier in the week that around a 1,000 GP practices have not received their QRF payments this month, alongside a host of other problems. Dr Hughes said this is a very serious breach of confidentiality. I would say it further damages trust in the system, but I don't think anybody has any trust in PCSE and the system at all at the moment. PCSE said the pay portal is designed to allow GP principals to see the pension data of other GPs within their practice. It said that it could not find any record of complaints from GPs about the issue. However, Hampshire GP and Information Governance Lead Dr Neil Batia said that his colleague, a salaried GP, reported to him that her account was allowing her access to the pension stage of other practice staff. He also said that he himself had then reported the issue to PCSE. A BMA spokesperson said it's vital that the new system is fully secure and compliant with data protection legislation and that only relevant staff with appropriate permissions are able to access employees' pension details when necessary. We would welcome assurances from PCSE and NHSEI that this is the case, but if there are instances where it's not, we would urge any GPs or practices to contact the BMA with details. We've approached the ICO to find if they're aware of the situation, but we've not yet heard back from them as we go to board trust. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. The EDPB, the European Data Protection Board, has ordered the Irish Data Protection Commission, the DPC, that it must swiftly investigate the legality of data sharing with Facebook and WhatsApp. Updated terms have been set to be imposed upon users of the Facebook-owned messaging app earlier this year, but in January, Facebook delayed the WhatsApp's turn update until May after a major privacy backlash and ongoing confusion over the details of its users' data processing. Despite WhatsApp going ahead with the policy update, this has continued to face scrutiny from regulators and rights organisations around the world. The Indian government, for example, has repeatedly ordered Facebook to withdraw the new terms, while in Europe, privacy regulators and consumer protection organisations have raised objections about how opaque terms are being pushed on users, and in May, a German data protection authority issued a temporary national blocking order. This week's development is significant, as it is the first time that there has been an urgent binding decision adopted by the EDPB under the bloc's GDPR. Although the board has not agreed to order the adoption of final measures against Facebook WhatsApp, the, as the requesting data supervisor, the Hamburg DPA has asked, saying that conditions to demonstrate the existence of an infringement and an urgency are not met. A EDPB spokesperson said, Considering the high likelihood of infringements, in particular for the purpose of safety, security and integrity of WhatsApp Ireland and the other Facebook companies, as well as for the purpose of improvement of the products of the Facebook companies, the EDPB considered that this matter requires swift further investigation, in particular to verify if, in practice, Facebook companies are carrying out processing operations which imply the combination or comparison of WhatsApp, i.e. Ireland's user data, with other data sets processed by other Facebook companies facilitated by the use of unique identifiers. For this reason, the EDPB requests that the Irish Authority carries out as a matter of priority a statutory investigation to determine whether such processing activities are taking place or not, and if this is the case, whether they have a proper legal basis under Article 5.1a and Article 6.1 of GDPR. A spokesperson for Facebook said, 
We welcome the EDPB's decision not to extend the Hamburg DPA's order, which was based on fundamental misunderstandings as to the purpose and effect of the update to our terms of service. We remain fully committed to delivering secure and private communications for everyone and we will work with the Irish Data Protection Commission as our lead regulator in the region in order to fully address the questions raised by the EDPB. In a statement, the DPC's Deputy Commissioner, Graham Doyle, said This Article 66 procedure was about whether the EDPB, on request from Hamburg, would take final measures confirming the provisional measures applied by the Hamburg Statutory Authority against Facebook. The EDPB decision decided not to take measures as insufficient evidence to ground such measures was presented by the Hamburg Statutory Authority. Measures that had been decided by the Board would not in any case be measures that would be adopted by the Irish DPC. They would be measures adopted by the EDPB. This is a decision of the Board based on request from the Hamburg Statutory Authority under a provision that is a derogation to the cooperation and consistency mechanism. The DPC, of course, has already carried out an in-depth inquiry into WhatsApp's privacy policy used to face material in the context of its transparency inquiry. That inquiry reached the Article 60 co-decision-making stage in December 2020 and is now progressing through the dispute resolu- resolution procedure. The Hamburg Statutory Authority has been actively involved in the decision-making process since December 2020 and the dispute resolution process, which commenced in June, is an EDPB-led initiative involving all other supervisory authorities. The DPC notes the request of the Board and will give consideration to any appropriate regulatory follow-up where it identifies matters canvassed in the EDPB decision have not already been addressed in the Article 60 draft decision transmitted by the DPC and now currently with the Board under Article 65. The DPC also has a separate complaint-based inquiry ongoing that considers the legal basis that WhatsApp relies on for processing. That inquiry is also at an advanced stage. Now, this investigation is likely to take some time, but we will, of course, keep an eye on it here at the GDPR Weekly Show and bring you regular updates whenever there is news to report. To America now, and mobile carrier Mint Mobile has revealed it was a victim of a data breach, one which allowed a number of customer phone numbers to be ported to another carrier, along with possible access to subscriber data. An email sent on Saturday to affected customers by Mint Mobile discloses that there was a breach of the carrier systems. The breach occurred between June 8th and June 10th and revealed a very small number of Mint Mobile subscribers' phone numbers which were affected by the incident. According to Mint Mobile, phone numbers associated with accounts were temporarily ported to another carrier without permission. Mint also admits that the attacker may have gained access to some account information, including names, phone numbers, email addresses, passwords and account numbers. Mint has not said how the breach took place, but is likely to have been a compromise of an application used by its customer service agents. The carrier does advise customers who received the email to change their account password and to be vigilant of other accounts that use the phone number for two-factor authentication processes. Want to ask GDPR questions live? Come and join our GDPR surgery on Clubhouse, Thursday, 4pm UK time. If you're a regular listener to the GDPR Weekly Show, you might remember that back in episode 121, we brought you news of a proposed lawsuit against Canon following a data breach. Now, this week, Canon argued in New York Federal Court that the plaintiffs lacked standing and that the case should be dismissed. Canon stated in its memorandum of law that lost or diminished value of personal information resulting from a ransomware attack is not a cognizable inquiry that confers Article 3 standing. Further, Cannon argued in its memorandum that the plaintiff's allegations merely suggested a future risk of harm, again not enough to meet the Article 3 requirements for standing. In addition to Cannon's argument that the plaintiff's at standing, Cannon also argued that the plaintiff's failed to state claims upon which relief can be granted. In the complaint, the plaintiff alleged that Cannon acted negligently 
However, Tannen argues that the complaint did not offer any facts to support that claim. Further, Tannen argues that the invasion of privacy claim also fails since the intrusion upon seclusion theory requires intent, evidence of which plaintiffs have failed to provide. This case is continuing to rumble on, so we will bring you regular updates when we get them here on the GDPR Weekly Show. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com Remaining in the US and fashion retailer Jess recently announced a data breach that compromised 1,300 people and their information, including account numbers, debit and credit card numbers, social security numbers, access codes and personal identification numbers. Jess said the data leak was investigated upon discovery of the cybersecurity incident designed to encrypt files and disrupt its business operations. The investigation determined that there was an unauthorised access to certain guest systems between February the 2nd, 2021 and February the 23rd, 2021. Guests just started mailing notification letters to individuals whose information may have been involved. As a result of the breach, Guest is offering a complimentary one-year membership to credit monitoring and identity theft protection service through Experian to individuals involved in the incident. The company said it was implementing additional measures to further enhance its security and existing security protocols. If we receive any update on this from guests, we will of course bring it to you in a future episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. And for a final article this week, we remain in the US, and US healthcare provider Forefront Dermatology has admitted breach of its network may have exposed to personal data and medical records of up to 2.4 million patients. The records of staff at the Wisconsin-based organisation have also been placed at risk from the compromise, which dates back to early June 2021. The situation could have been even worse had the company not taken its network offline after detecting intrusions on June 4, 2021. In a statement, Forefront Dermatology said that a subsequent investigation found that the incident resulted in unauthorised access to certain files on its IT systems that contain patient and employee information. This information may have included patient names, addresses, date of birth, patient account numbers, health insurance plan member ID numbers, healthcare provider names and or medical and clinical treatment information amongst other sensitive data. There is no evidence that patient social security numbers, driver's license numbers or financial account payment card information were involved in this incident, the company said. Forefront Dermatology is in the process of notifying patients who have been advised to check their healthcare statements. The healthcare provider promised to enhance its security controls in an effort to prevent any repetition of the incident. The incident is also under investigation by regulators at the US Department of Health and Human Services, which reports that 2,413,553 individuals were affected by the incident. Again, as always, if we receive any update to this, we will bring it to you in the next available episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Contact us on helpdesk at gdprweeklyshow.com. The GDPR Weekly Show is an insurer production. Until next time, bye-bye.